Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Click, click, click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Canva. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 181 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me. I have Adam Candy. I have Dustin Galker. You can follow them on the Twitter machine and you should. It's absolutely free at Dustin Galker at Adam Candy. Two E's, no Y. If you hate yourself, you can follow me at Matt Brown M2. We will talk about, uh, there's a game. It's a big one that's happening. We'll see what some projections might be for that. And uh, man, that was a, you know, Sportsbook out there that opened that we were kind of curious as to whether their strategy was going to work out. Seems like strategy might be shifting a little bit. We'll talk about that a little bit too. And uh, let's kick things off here, Dustin, though, with a guy that, listen, we have to say his name because it's a name. We, we try not to say his name on the pod very often, but the name has to be said here to really drive home how ridiculous all of this is. Yeah, I, I'm still pretty angry about this. Uh, even though this happened hours ago, I think we were all probably angry about this. And it's one of those few things that uh, unites sports betting Twitter. But Mattress Mac, Jim McInvale, uh, of the of the fame of betting large amounts on, on lots of things uh, all around the country, he came out, he talked to uh, both on his own site and with Houston Chronicle about what is going on uh, in Texas and legalization of sports betting in Texas. And he has now come out uh, not in favor of legalizing sports Sports betting uh, made several comments, but the most the the one the biggest one was he says he he doesn't want to feel the impulse to go bet if it's legal in Texas that he's he's okay with dry, quote unquote driving to Louisiana across the border to go bet. Um, I'm here to tell you this is all very ridiculous because Max whole shtick is generating free PR from gambling. He's generating he's free rolling uh, his customers uh, of his of his furniture store. He, he offers promotions uh, versus a, a sports bet so that he is generally free rolling. That he's, he's not he's not really gambling any money. Uh, you know, uh, if he actually has a gambling problem, by all means, go get help for that. Right. But him, him sitting here telling us we shouldn't legalize sports betting in Texas because I don't want the temptation of it. Absolute garbage. If he, again, he wants to become a responsible gambling uh, advocate and say, I'm done with gambling. It's like if it's if it's here, it's too much for me. Like that's that would be a fine message, but uh, that's not what he wants to do. He just uh, somebody even suggested uh, on the Twitter machine that he you know that he he would see all his PR go away because once he's just doing it in Texas and not flying off to some location to do it, maybe he's not getting the PR. I actually think that might be why he's why he's not against it. Why he's not for it anymore. Anyway, all ridiculous and. Um, yeah, I mean, of all the reasons not to legalize sports betting, because Mattress Mac doesn't want the impulse, want the temptation of betting in his home state. Come on, uh, ridiculous take. 
that uh, I'm glad you brought that up because Adam, that's what I was going to say and get your opinion on it is it doesn't make headlines if you're not getting on your private jet and flying to go do it in front of grand and you know, this big grand fashion, whatever. If like, if literally you're just doing it home in your underwear on an app, <laughs> it's not as sexy and it doesn't get the, it doesn't get the promotion. It doesn't get all the things like that. And the whole reason he does all of this again, I like, we can't say it enough. It's because he makes money off of it. It doesn't matter if he wins or loses the bets because he makes it off of all the promotion and the mattresses and stuff that he sells. So this is all just a giant, it's all just a giant con. I, I guess I shouldn't say con, but I want to say con really bad that, um, you know, so it just, it drives me crazy, Adam. So you're telling me that when Darren Rovell trails along with him on a private plane, that it's not really about a man who's betting millions of dollars and flying around on private jets, that it's really a furniture salesman who's figured out how to get everybody in aggregation world to just play along with his little game. And he's just scheming to make more PR for his furniture store. Stop it. All of you, stop it. Most importantly, betting Bobby over here. I don't want to hear any more about this because when we talk about Mattress Mac, Dustin covered all the reasons why what he's talking about is ridiculous. Let me add something else here. He has been doing his betting almost exclusively with Caesar Sportsbook, right? So at this point, we kind of have to view him as an affiliate of a particular sportsbook. I've heard the name Caesars too much in California. We know why. And nor, nor have I heard the name Caesars in Texas quite as much either. Uh, Caesars gets a lot of pop out of this. Mattress Mac gets a lot of pop out of this. I think we have to look at them in some ways as one and the same when it comes to their interests in all of it. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand why people continue to cover this as though it's a thing. It's not a thing. He talked about driving to Louisiana. Y'all. He flies private. Yes. He's not driving any impulse he has to go gamble. He can say, Jeeves, get the jet and I'll go bet in another state. Well, just imagine, like Dustin said, what will that impulse be like when he's laying on a posturepedic in one of his stores and putting a bet down on his app? It's the it's the classic thing of like, no, no, no. I don't want you all to be able to do something that I'm able to do and I'll make it seem like I'm doing it, uh, making it seem like it's a deal where I'm really looking out for you. No, Mac, you can still go bet anytime you want to because you walk out and you hop on a plane and you're there in half an hour and you do it and it's, no, and it's all no big deal. But the other people would not have that option, by the way. Like you would still be able to bet on a whim whenever you wanted to. And these other people who might want to sit down and watch an Astros game and put $5 on it, because by the way, that's what the majority of people bet on games is like five and $10. Oh boy. It is something to, uh, it's something to get all riled up about. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, one, one last thing. He just did a hype video too. Like this is, this is the height of the hypocrisy. He did a hype video for him betting on the national championship game in TCU. Uh, like gets dressed up in all purple, rents a Lambo. Like this yeah. is not a, this is not a serious individual who's, who's worried about responsible gambling. He's not serious. This is not serious. This should be the, like, this should be the end of, of covering mattress Mac by yeah. everyone. Stop it. Just stop it. Yes, we don't care anymore. There's a lot of rich dudes who bet a lot of money. They just don't get publicity for their business from it. So, like, let's just quit giving this guy all this free pub that he seeks so much. In all of this, though, Adam, we did. We were talking about it. We did finally get a bill, though, in Texas. Oh, we did. We we got legalized sports betting dropping in the legislature as a 
reporter Jim Mackingvale let us know all about. Uh, 10% tax rate in the initial proposal. License fees are low at $500,000. The trick to that with the low license fees is that the market access is likely to run through teams because you don't have casinos in Texas. And so someone's going to make the money, right? The casinos, the operators are going to have to partner with whoever holds the licenses. And so they're not going to set it up where you have to pay 25 million to the state and then have to pay 25 million to your market access partner as well. That wouldn't make any sense for the books. The other piece of the equation here is we project that Texas would be leaving many hundreds of millions of dollars on the table at a 10% tax rate, right? New York is projecting for fiscal year 24, nearly $900 million in tax revenue. Our internal projections show that Texas would probably be somewhere in the range of 125 to 150 million in tax revenue, which is a drop in the bucket in every state and is barely a drop in the well in Texas when it comes to the state budget. But you have to understand what Texas is It is a very red state with a very anti-tax climate and getting a tax rate higher than 10% passed is going to be very difficult. It might get adjusted upward once people see just how low the revenue projections are, but you're not going to see 51% in Texas. Dustin, the other thing that we do have uh, coming through the old Twitter machine here is... I don't even know how to explain. I mean, we've, we've talked about like some of the ridiculous stuff that some of these brands have put out. And I think honestly, for the major vast majority, they've kind of cleaned all of that up. And, in, and I don't think that we had anything to do with any of that. Certainly a lot of them listen to this thing where we're going, guys, what are you doing? It's your social media account. Act like it's your social media account for a brand. And it's not like your own personal one, but apparently I don't know if someone actually thought it was their own personal one or what it is, but, the tweet is still up and has not come down yet for a betting brand. Yeah, I mean, I guess credit to Ballybet because they got us to talk about them because we're not talking <laughs> about them for anything that they're doing that's that's good, right? Uh, they, uh, but because they're they're just uh, you know they've gotten in New York, they're a small part of that. They're just they're just a rounding error, less than a rounding error in, in sports betting around the uh, the United States. So they yeah they, after Tom Brady re- uh, announces retirement for the second time, calls them an F, calls them an MF. Uh, I think you all know what that stands for. Uh, <laughs> this is a family podcast, so I guess we won't, we won't repeat that. Even though I think we've sworn once or twice on here. <laughs> but um yeah like just let's i mean we, i know it's this is sports betting it's not it's not that precious but do, do we need to be going around calling uh with sports betting accounts calling tom brady and mf i don't think we do uh let's uh, yeah I, I actually looked back through bally bets twitter account and it looks it does look like sometimes it's like just regular old content and then sometimes it looks just like somebody's looks like some of our personal accounts where we're just going up teeing right. off on whatever's going on. like you're a, you're a, if you're a serious brand in the u.s sports betting space uh yeah act like it that's all that's all we're asking of you. Uh, also, don't aggregate every video like every other sports book does uh, on Twitter. That, that would be great. That's the only other one. But Adam, I don't want to belabor this too much, because, again, it's like we said, they're basically an afterthought when it comes to stuff these days. But like for one, the tweet is still up for two. It's the last tweet from the account from five days ago. So it's like it's like someone it, like running the Twitter account must have like gotten in trouble or at least mildly reprimanded for doing this, but then didn't delete it. And then basically they're just on suspension. And so the whole account is on suspension or something. I It's, it's crazy. Well, remember, we reported a couple of weeks ago that Bally was cutting 15 percent of its interactive workforce maybe that person just ended up on the chopping block immediately after that tweet. Or maybe 
Here's another conspiracy theory. Maybe the social media manager knew they were losing their job <laughs> and decided to go out in a blaze of oh, glory. Hey, you know what? That's that's not out of the realm of possibility these days, actually. So I'm actually I'm, I'm going to go with that one. You know what? We'll go with that one with with everything. But again, it's just uh, again, just guys, it, you're representing a brand. It's not your own personal blog. Just, you know, just represent the brand. Adam, that is a big game here on Sunday, a game in which we have, you know, again, it's like one of those things where when a new state's launched, all, what we say every single time, will they be launched by the Super Bowl? You know, it's going to happen for the Super Bowl. It's, it's the thing that we always kind of put as a tentpole thing of, oh, you got to be going by then so that you maximize your revenue, rightfully so, because it's the most casually bet sporting event on the face of the planet. So what are we looking at here from, you know, let's call early kind of projections? So you're going to hear a lot of chatter today if and we're recording this on Tuesday with the American Gaming Association's projections, right? And they do these every year. They talk about how much is going to be spent on the game. But understand that when you see a number like 16 billion dollars wagered from the American Gaming Association, they are still quite stubbornly including offshore and bookies. Right in that number we here at lsr are trying to project a little bit of what we think will be legally wagered on the super bowl and our projections uh, eric ramsey former friend of the podcast here who does some of this work for us has a story that's coming at legal sports report where he projects about 1.125 billion dollars to be wagered on the super bowl that would be the first ever billion dollar super bowl in the legal u.s sports betting industry couple things to keep in mind. Not every state breaks its Super Bowl handle out individually. So we don't necessarily know that we're going to get an accurate count of every state in terms of how much was wagered on the Super Bowl. But some of the larger states do. We get it from Jersey. We get it from Nevada. Uh, we, and we also know that this year in particular, we finally have a team from a legal sports betting right. state that is in the Super Bowl to help boost that handle up with the Eagles coming from Pennsylvania. Right, Dustin, that was what I was going to, to to bring up as well. Is I mean, listen, we have to assume there's going to be just a natural tick up here because you get a you get a state with, you know, a rabid, rabid fan base as it is anyway. And even if for somehow you have avoided signing up at any of these sports books so long, if you know, if you even if you were interested in doing it. Like they're going to get some new people sign up in Pennsylvania. Like it's going to happen. There are going to be some people who sign up just to bet on the team in the Super Bowl this year. So you got to assume it's a, it's probably going to be a decent little tick, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I think you might not even see the numbers come out this way, but it's more customer acquisition, I think, when yeah. you look at it, right? Like people, people who would not place a bet rest of the year on anything might sign up for the Super Bowl in Pennsylvania or Kansas, right across the border right. from Kansas City. Lots of Chiefs fans there. Um, so, yeah, you look at it that way. It's it's got to make a difference, right? Is it a huge, huge difference? I'm not here to tell you that, but and it's also but it is the first time we've had uh, any any connection between that. Like the only other time was the Eagles 2018. Jersey had legal sports betting, um, but, you know, that's that's obviously different than Pennsylvania. Right. So it is interesting to have this dynamic of two and also have Arizona where, where the Super Bowl is being played, have have legal betting as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where it all bears out. The biggest one, Nevada cont has continued to be the number one state for sports betting uh, for the Super Bowl because of the dynamic of people still go to Nevada, watch it at sports books. Like Super Bowl is still a destination for Nevada. And they also get these big, huge bets from people that you don't really they, they get spread out across the country. But most of this, these huge bets are still coming in in Nevada because of uh, of that. Is that is that going to change this year, uh, Eric? I think does projects that it's not yet that Nevada will 
will still be the number one state in terms of handle for for sports betting. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, definitely interesting to see what all this means and, and how it affects uh, the, the marketplace in, in the United States. So close things out here with a sports book that we have talked a lot about on the podcast. Um, typically not necessarily in the greatest light. And a lot of that was, you know, them bringing stuff on, on themselves, but we were questioning before Barstool even launched anywhere guys. So I think this is fair for us. We, we did question whether the strategy of, Oh, they'll just come because they like us and we're cool. And we've got all these forums and these different sites and whatever. And it's, you know, like they'll come, don't worry about it and didn't spend any money on traditional marketing. Certainly nothing like we would see from the the big boys out there right now. But Dustin, it looks like maybe that strategy, whenever we look at their market share, now that they've been around for a little while, that that strategy didn't really end up paying off. Yeah, uh, so Penn Entertainment, parent company uh, of the Barstool Sportsbook brand, Barstool Sports, uh, announced fourth quarter results. Um, the interesting thing here is, yes, this this change in tack for for Barstool Sportsbook because when it was acquired, the the value proposition was we don't need to do marketing. We own the media. We own we are own Barstool Sports. That is our path to getting customers, and that path to customers has not really borne out. You know, I, I think we were saying this almost from day one. We got touted sixty six million or whatever it was users of Barstool stool that all a lot of those were just going to become barstool sports barstool sportsbook users that has not been the case to any great degree they are they are a small part of uh, of the u.s sports betting market as it stands here for, certainly below this top tier of vandal DraftKings, uh caesars and mgm and whatever already they are in every state sometimes they're they're t- t- they're ticking into that but this is a pretty big departure because this was the value the value is not that you had to go out and bar- market barstool that barstool was the marketing so um i think it's a, a just it's the fact that you have to do this. I think it's smart that they're finally pivoting from this, that they have to do marketing. They can't just rely on this because they're, I think it's pretty clear at this point, they're not going anywhere without additional marketing. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where, where this goes, but clearly Penn and Barstool have, have designs on more of the market than they have right now. And there's no, without that marketing spend, there's no clear path to, to, to get it. And Adam, I mean, listen, I think this really and truly should maybe be the end of this, strategy really in general, right? Because if we look, these companies that have just kind of come in and be like, oh no, we're going to get by on reputation alone. I mean, I think maybe the only one that could get away with that would be ESPN if they ever did partner with someone. But look, we saw the score not really work and they were thinking, ah, it doesn't matter where the score, we got all these people on the app and whatever, it doesn't really matter. RIP Maxim bet. Like we've have, you know, the SI sports book that nobody, you know, uh, no one bets it's SI sports book and whatever. So it's like, Yes, there's these brands that it either currently or at least at least one time were major brands and things like that, that, you know, just because you slap on that brand to something doesn't necessarily mean that that people are coming to your to your place. And the biggest challenge we're going to see to that is going to happen this year. It's going to be Fanatics, right? Uh, Fanatics is going to try this and they're coming at it from a unique angle, because when we talk about DraftKings and FanDuel, DFS companies that built up enormous databases of clear people who clearly wanted to bet, but just couldn't. And then they were easily able to activate those folks versus the media model of someone like the score or barstool, which maybe not coincidentally are both owned by Penn entertainment. Uh, now those companies were not able to do that. Fanatics is going to be somewhere in a gray area, right? They have customers who they know have been willing to spend on sports related mm. items. They just don't know if those customers are willing to bet with them. And it'll be fascinating, I think, to see 
what they're able to do and consider the fact that their database is so massive that they have to activate a fraction of what Barstool Media would have to do right. in order to have a profitable enterprise. So overall, I think it's really interesting that Barstool is going to go this way and Penn is clearly doubling down, tripling down. They're, they are on the line to buy the rest of the company as they were planning on doing and they're going to go hard after it. Yeah, I'm with you. And I do think it is at least a little bit of a different animal, like you mentioned, because it's I'm not saying that these other companies don't have merch and stuff or anything like that. But like typically it's the Barstool Sports Illustrated Maxim. It's like you're a fan of the brand. Right. And so like that's the reason you're going to come and you're going to do this. Whereas Fanatics, it's like, well, no, no, no. You have spent money with us because you are just a fan of everything else. Right. You're just a fan of sports in general. And so you have you you have spent money. We know you're willing to spend money. So here's just another way for you to spend money on things that you like or something. So I do think it's going to be super fascinating and super interesting to see how that all plays out for sure. Uh, guys, everything we do absolutely free. So head over to LegalSportsReport.com. Take in all the great words Adam and team are doing over there on LSR. We do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to help us out a little bit, the only thing you got to do, hit that subscribe button down below. Rate, review also helps us climb up the charts. So we also appreciate that. If you want to follow Dustin on the Twitter at Dustin Galker, Adam Candy is two, two E's, no Y, and I am at Matt Brown M2. For Adam, for Dustin, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All of one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.